When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 66. And if it feels like I'm in a better mood, it's because Juventus has actually won a game. And even though the most recent one of those wins came at, oh, I don't know, about 3.30 in the morning, my time with a lunchtime kickoff in Italy, we are here and we are well rested after a much deserved nap on my part. So... Enough about me. Let me bring in. I'm still getting used to it. Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Yeah, breaking up that flow. I'm not <laughs> breaking up that flow. Yeah, yeah. No, you're uh, you're a better man than me still waking up so early. So, uh, yeah, well done. <laughs> well done. You think it's waking up. It's more about staying up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been there, you know, back in, I guess, well, I did a few times in the high school for yeah, a math project or two, yep. and there one is, or two times in college. There is an advantage to being a night owl, and it is yeah. lunchtime kickoffs here on the West Coast are not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got Sergio Romero. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy to be here. Uh, just, you know, yeah, definitely, definitely agree on that you're, you're a better man than us, because there was no <laughs> way, like, absolutely no way. I was waking up to watch the game. I did catch the replay, though. So, you know, that that's kind of like half commitment to the job, I guess. Like, not full commitment, but, you know, some commitment about watching the replay. Definitely. And it, it's better than nothing, Sergio. So we appreciate that. And I guess we'll we'll go right to said replay that Sergio is, is alluding to, and that is Juventus's 3-2 win over Sampdoria here on Sunday, which we are recording a few hours after the game. And it comes after a, another 3-2 win, although 3-2 wins in slightly different fashion midweek against Spezia. So I guess, Chucks, how happy are you to see Juventus both out of the relegation zone and actually win two Serie A games within the span of four days? 
I wouldn't even describe it as happiness per se, more as extreme relief. I was about <laughs> to say, is it, is it relief instead? Extreme, extreme relief. My God, I mean, yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a ride. It's been, I mean, six games in the season so far, and you know, it's uh, it's been a ride and a half. I mean, to think that we're you know not even I don't know five percent through the season, and we're already going through this much emotional. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess volatility, maybe that's the word to use. Is Yeah, it's really quite remarkable. Um, it's really, uh, well, I guess seven games, including the Champions League. But yeah, it's, it's remarkable. And like I said, it's just really extraordinary relief. Definitely not impressed um, with, you know, how things have gone so far. You know, it, look, it's an improvement. I mean, it, it, things have looked better compared to, you know, in the first three weeks or so, even though... Like I said last week, even though it's we're in this strange paradox of like, okay, the first three games, four games, maybe. Well, yeah, okay, three, four games we played honestly not terribly poorly, but then just there's that whole first half, second half, you know, yo-yo thing that we've been doing for I don't know, feels like the beginning of time now. Um, but yeah, it's 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 strange, you know, it's I was talking to a friend of mine, a Milan friend of mine today. And, you know, he was saying, like, he's criticizing basically Allegri's tendency to, like, switch off or take off attackers and then switch to, like, defensive position or defensive mindset, I guess, towards the end of the game and saying how much it messes the messes up the attack. And I said, look, attack is not our problem right now, honestly. I mean, we've scored 10 goals so far this season, which, uh, I mean, 10 goals in six games is not terribly bad. I mean, it's nothing like, you know, Inter of 20 I'm just looking at the table now. Inter 20, Napoli is 16. But, I mean, Milan in second place have 12. So that's not, you know, that much off them. I mean, clearly it's just our problem is, is in the back in defense. I mean, it's conceded 10 goals as well in six games. And that's just, I mean, it's unforgivable. I think it's, it's you know, you can't reconcile that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I mentioned it in the comments, um, I think after the Spezia game, I said, you know, in last week's, podcast episode i mentioned like kind of tentatively said okay maybe we should basically forego defense since we're just not that good anymore in defense and forego kind of the the typical allegri game of okay we're gonna grind out one nil uh two one wins or two nil wins and just you know really get that defensive first formation let's just abandon that and just go all all guns blazing i mean we're pretty decent at scoring goals so i mean i think we should just yeah, adopt that approach and just say, look, we're just not going to keep a clean sheet. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of come to terms with it now. We're just not going to keep a clean sheet anymore. So let's just kind of, I mean, I mean, not completely abandoning defense, but just kind of putting that as a second priority and just saying, look, let's just score three, four goals a game. And then we'll probably concede two a game. Well, let's just, let's just go with that. So uh, let me uh, ping the ball over to uh, Sergio to, uh, See what he thinks. I think you you mentioned something that was, if you want to take out like positive takeaways from these two games, is definitely the fact that I think they can score. And and we can talk about this later on, you know, because of the unfortunate injuries of, of today. But it it really looked, especially the last couple of games, especially like in you know, in starts and stuff, but it definitely looked like they can score and they are not necessarily lacking you know, more offensive firepower 
when it comes to you know squad building or player wise like they definitely looked a lot better in the last few games when it comes to scoring and that was, that was something that at the very least I, I was worried initially especially with you know the the departure of Cristiano Ronaldo that say what you will the guy scored a lot of goals so I actually was worried how they were going to replace that production and and the team can score like I think the offense is not really the problem it's like Chuck said, it's the defense. It's been now 20 games that they can't keep a, a clean sheet when it comes to, to Serie A. It's tough. It's tough. You're not going to win many, many trophies if you just cannot defend. And and I mentioned it in, in last week's grab back, but you can't really point out to something specific that is happening. Like there's been individual mistakes there's been, you know, lack of communication. I mean, every goal, it's kind of been its own little particular brand of awfulness. Like, I mean, today, like, I think the first goal from Sampdoria is just a, re- a damn really good goal. I mean, that's just a really good cross. And, and Bonucci sort of gets lost on the marking there. But that's just a beautiful cross. I mean, sometimes the other team, you know, is going to do something really good too. So it, it's it's really, really you know, hard to see a way in which they can improve this other than, you know, just coaching, just better marking, better defending, because as, like, like I said, like like I mentioned last week, we know these dudes are talented. We just saw Giorgio Colini and Leo Bonucci play a, a perfect Euros where they were, you know, damn near unbeatable. We know Matthias Delict is really good, but I, I think they do have to step up and start showing it on a more consistent basis because right now, you know, they can score three, four goals, and it really seems like there's no lead that, that is safe ever. And, you know, that you might get away with that uh, against the the Sampdorias and the Spezias of the world, but it, we already saw how it cost them against Milan. We already saw how it cost them against Napoli. So they are definitely going to have to tighten that up. But overall, I do think, uh, you know, back-to-back wins, I do think this team looks a lot better and is in a much better position than they were, you know, last week. And I think Allegri after the game was talking about just how rare clean sheets are these days. And, you know, maybe the devil's advocate on one of my shoulders is saying, well, he's just setting himself up for the future saying, Hey, you know, I said it, you know, X amount of weeks ago that clean sheets don't really happen. And that's why, you know, it's, it's relatively, you know, acceptable for a goal or two to happen every game. But, I mean, to to see this team not get a shutout for over half a season now is just crazy to wrap your head around, seeing as it was just a couple of years ago when they were continuously the best defense in the league and one of the best defenses in Europe. Yeah, yeah. and I agree with, with Allegri in the sense that a lot of times, you know, I do think football as a whole has moved to a more offensive type of game, a more offensive brand of game in which, you know, shout out to pretty much everyone in the black and white and red all over comments that still have the discussion of Joao Cancelo and Danilo and all that is like, Joao Cancelo can't It'll defend. never end, like, Sergio. It's never going to end. And, and it's yeah. like, who cares that he can't defend? Like, that's what a fullback does now. And it's like, you know, it definitely is moving that way. So I don't think, I'm not expecting, you know, either Walsh or, or Petting or any Juve goalkeeper to beat that Buffon mark of like, I don't even remember how many minutes without allowing a goal and said, yeah, like I'm not expecting that. 
but just out of shit, like it's insane that not even a game just by luck, just like by happenstance, like 20 games without keeping a clean sheet is, is insane. Like, like, like you said, like it's hard to wrap your head around because just by luck, like you've played some bad teams and bad and, and have actually played decent games. Like it's not even like every single game was bad. They've played good games. And just by luck, they should have been able to stumble upon a clean sheet and, and they can't do it. It's really, it's tough to watch. It really is. And that, and that shows to me that there's something systemic going on with, you know, I mean, okay, one, two or three times, uh, three times a lady, um, one, one or two or three hey, 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 There you go again. Yeah, I, I was like, man, I'm not going to say it, but I was like, no, I'm going to say it. Um, but, you know, one or three. Or like a few games here and there okay that's like yeah, i mean that's just those are anomalies but yeah once you once you have 20 that's the, that that's a pattern once you've hit that many data points it's a pattern and yeah it, the interesting thing it's is also that it's across different coaches i mean it's you know it's stretching from uh yeah from Pirlo to uh, or through Allegri's era now and i mean those are two very different coaches clearly in terms of just their their footballing uh well i guess you'll use the word philosophy their footballing philosophy there i mean they're yeah very different coaches um and yet you know pretty yeah pretty identical teams across the two yeah almost almost identical teams so yeah again i mean that that kind of kind of comes back to the just I guess, fundamental truth that we've come to now that this, yeah, the, the current squad group of players that we have, yeah, I mean, they're they're good individually, but clearly as a system, it's just not working because, yeah, Sergio, you, you touched on it very briefly there, but, you know, the goals, okay, besides the the Chesney goals against, um, against Udinese, those were, I mean, clearly glaringly on him. And then partially in the Napoli game, I thought, yeah, I mean, in the Napoli game, he wasn't perfect there either. Those were less glaring errors, but still, you know, not perfect there. Sorry, the first goal I meant, uh, not the second one. But other than that, I mean, there really haven't been any huge individual errors leading to goals for Juve this season. I mean, like I said, I can only think of those against Udinese and and semi the first one um, against Napoli. But other than that, other than that, yeah, I really can't think of any goal. I was like, whoa, like uh, yeah, Chiellini really messed up there, or like, whoa, like Bonucci, that was clearly your mistake. These were just yeah, systemic errors leading to goals, and and again, I mean, if it's a systemic error, then it just it's the the group, the the I guess the cohesion between a group that's just not right. So yeah, I mean. It's, it's again, I mean, at the end of this season, surely the old guard of players is just, I mean, they've got to be done, almost done. Um, I'm still surprised that Chiellini is uh, still playing. And I mean, in a good way, I didn't think he was physically able to handle it, but he's still here. But yeah, I mean, the likes of Chiellini are going to be, you know, roundabout done soon as well. I mean, Bonucci's uh, clearly, you know, also reaching a old age and, yeah, Bonucci is a very curious case because he had great Euros and then, but still, like I feel like with Juve, he's just not, uh, not quite, you know, that that Euros form. I mean, that I just haven't quite seen that with with Juve yet. But yeah, I don't know. It's strange. It's it's like I said. I think it's just a systemic failure at this point. And again, I just don't believe in our ability to be 
a traditional Juve team, which is, you know, defense, defense, defense. So like, yeah, to be able to hold that, going to be interesting on Wednesday too. <laughs> yeah, and you look at just the sheer numbers of goals that Juventus allowed, and I've, while you were talking, Chucks, I pulled up an article that we wrote towards, uh, actually, you know, towards the the end of the first half of Sarri's loan season. So, you know, the end of January and just looking at it towards the end of Allegri's first stint, that's when things started to kind of have the downward trend in terms of the, the just quality of, of defending. Cause you look at it, 2016, 17, 27 goals allowed 2017, 18, 24 goals allowed 2018, 19, 30 goals allowed. Well, through six games, Juventus has already allowed 10 goals this season. So you're a third of the way there when, not only were these players younger, but the the team as a whole was more, I would say, more solid defensively. But now it's just, you know, you, you're you're almost expecting them to let in a goal or two a game, which is I don't know something I've just I it's still taking some getting used to because you just we've become so, or at least I have become so accustomed to this team being just so good defensively, and. It's not like they're bad players there. They're good players, like we've said, and just they can't defend as a team to save their, to save their lives right now for any consistent amount of time. And that's going to continue. And it's really like the thing that's and listen, I've I've been as as much of a fan of, of a guy like Matthijs Zalikt as as anyone else. I I got his name on a jersey, like which is. As I've mentioned here, is something that I don't do unless I'm like pretty sure I'm not going to regret it. So, so I'm taking a shot on him already. Like I like the guy. I think he's really good, really talented. Should be part of this team for the next decade. But like I think he's the guy that still needs to step up a little bit more. Like I think that's the guy that still needs to take that next step. If you really like. If you really think about it, if you're really super critical about him, and I know this is like being super, uh, you know, demanding to a player that really has been, for the most part, really good. I don't think he is all that much better right now than when they sign him. Like, I think he's a pretty similar player. And this is now his third season uh, with Juve. I... Obviously, he's still a really good player, and if he doesn't improve at all for the rest of his career, he's still going to be a very good center back for the rest of his career. But I do think that he still needs to take that next step, and hopefully, this season, in sort of a you know trial by by fire, almost hopefully he does take that next step because they are going to they're going to need some guys to step up and, and just just do a clean sheet just for their own mental sake. I mean. It, it has to, even mentally, it has to be draining to know that you cannot, you know, stop allowing goals. And I think it's going to be similar to, to Walsh, right? Like he was having really bad games and lately he has been a lot better. I think just, you know, just kind of getting, getting that out of your system, getting that over that, I think that is going to help the team. So I really, really want them to, to keep a clean sheet in, in the next uh, Serie A game. Let's be realistic, but hopefully that comes soon because it it really is a problem right now with the team. Yeah, and like you said, uh, Sergio, uh, before as well. Like, I guess 
football in general has become more offensive. But I mean, that then again, that's been the case for, yeah, for years now that that trend towards just kind of, yeah, you know, the uh, positive, uh, no, modern, (laughs) modern football, that's always what they call it. Yeah, that, that has been a trend for years now. So I guess, you know, you could kind of attribute it to it, but I don't know. I I think there has been just just a steady decline in defensive capacity of Juve really since uh, I'd say since Sarri, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, Danny, since since Sarri era. So that's three different coaches now, and still essentially the same problem. So at that point, I think yeah, we just have to say it's uh, the group of players, or you could say you know that that era of I guess. I would say the first four years, mostly with Allegri, maybe that was like, I mean, maybe that was just an extraordinary defensive group, like well above the mean and that now we're regressing to the mean of just not being <laughs> great defensively. Uh, maybe, maybe, but I, I don't know. And yeah, regarding De Ligt, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's mostly just been the same level, which is, I mean, it's it's a solid seven, like seven out of 10 that he's always like just, where he is right now but indeed i mean i don't think he's fluctuated much above or below that um really like he he never really makes any glaring mistakes um but yeah i agree it's like you feel that there's more there's still more that um there could be from him and you know probably more that will will come from him i mean obviously he's only 21 or two years old so of course there's there's still much to come from him defenders tend to peak i mean what 26 27 if yeah if even older than that i'll say so yeah I, and i think he's kind of a victim of his own success in the sense that we we expected so much from it, or he achieved so much so fast that you assume that that trajectory is still maintained that's that steep slope of of you know improvement continues and, and now it's like okay the improvement has kind of the rate of improvement has slowed down to use the very technical term. Uh, the rate of improvement has uh, slowed down, but it's still, yeah, I mean, he, he is still eh, slightly improving, but it feels like he's mostly around the same kind of fluctuating around the same seven out of 10. But um, yeah, I mean, and I think that's more noticeable because we need him <laughs> to step up because we just need someone to step up at this point. Um, but yeah, let, let's, let's see how that goes. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Well, another big thing to come out of this weekend was the fact that Pablo Dybala scored a very good goal. And then unfortunately for him, 12 minutes later, he came off injured. And as anybody could tell from the kind of reaction Dybala had to getting injured, not only was he just simply frustrated with the fact that it's another injury when it seemed like, at least from my point of view, he was starting to play very well on a consistent basis, but he had an idea. I would think he had an idea that this is going to be an injury that's going to keep him out at least a few weeks at the very minimum. And then later in the game, Alvaro Morata gets hurt as well. 
So Juventus head into Wednesday's Champions League showdown with Chelsea, and this is our way transitioning into that, as a team that only has one natural striker completely fit in Moise Keane. So I don't know where your optimism was before, but now that Juventus has one natural striker available to them, and who knows what kind of tactical shift that might mean for Max Allegri, where where are our thoughts now? Because obviously you take out Dybala, you take out Morata. Those are two players who had been doing pretty well over the last couple of weeks. And now suddenly it's looking like both of them won't be available come Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's clearly going to be a little tricky. It's funny because just as I said, like, okay, uh, offensively we're pretty good, which I mean, I still stand by that, basically. Just as I say that, the two main you know, offensive (laughs) people. Indeed, indeed. It's, uh, I don't know, some kind of Illuminati stuff going on there. (laughs) Um, Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, yeah, that kind of throws a spanner in the works, indeed, which basically makes me revise my entire thesis, really. But it almost nullifies it, really, because um, I think both of them are muscular injuries. So, I mean, we don't know, you know, how long they'll be out for, but, uh, well, given that they're muscular injuries and not impact ones, uh, Yes, things aren't looking good. So, yeah, we only have one natural center forward. Uh, I think that basically rules out a two-man center forward position unless Allegri really believes that Kulusevsky can can perform a job as kind of a, I mean, central winger, seconda punta, whatever <laughs> whatever kind of anarchic uh, position uh, Kulusevsky plays when he's uh, playing alongside the other striker. Yeah, I mean, if he believes in that, then he might still go with the 4-4-2 or even 3-5-2 maybe. But I person, personally doubt it. I think he'll probably just, yeah, I don't know. I think he'll go with the kind of either traditional 4-3-3 or, yeah, I mean, what's your other choice, really? It's 3-4-3, but then you're pretty soft in the center of midfield, which, well, <laughs> we're already kind of soft <laughs> centrally anyway. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think Allegri doesn't like to do. Yeah, I don't think Allegri would do anything crazy. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't tend to do weird tactical things. On the well, only times he does weird tactical things is when he seemingly plays a traditional formation, but then nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Which was like, <laughs> what was it? That was uh, which game was that again? Oh man, I forget. It was like two or three games ago. Uh, I forget which game it was, but. Hopefully. Empoli. Was it Empoli? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was Empoli. I remember because we were talking about it uh, being like, you know, who's nobody seemed to know what the hell they were doing. But then it was like, it was just a straight up 4 4 2 or something. So, you know, which is like the simplest formation in the game. So, anyway, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think, I don't think in terms of formation, I mean, I don't, you know, I like he doesn't tend to do anything weird with that. So that makes me think he'll either do straight up 4 4 2 or 3 5 2. Yeah, no, you know what? The more I think about it, I think he's just going to, he's probably going to go with playing Kulusevsky next to Moise Kien and just hope and pray that Kulusevsky can, you know, do a good job there for 90 minutes. Uh, I think that's really uh, an important thing there as well. Can he, yeah, do a job there for 90 minutes or even, I don't know, put a wild card like Ramsey all the way up top? <laughs> Who knows? But no, I, I think he'll, he'll just plug, yeah plug Kulusevsky in there and then for the rest keep everything the same really 
And yeah, is that the right way to go? I think it's the it's the way it's the strategy that changes the least of you know of all the other options. So it's kind of a damage limitation thing, which yeah, fair enough. I think that's that's fine. Yeah, how well will it work? I don't know. Like I said, because our offense was the only thing that was actually kind of doing well. So uh, you take that away, and I really do start to worry. Yeah, I think if we can get a point against Chelsea, that would be, I'll be very, very, very satisfied. Before you jump in, Sergio, that sound you hear is Sam Lepresti from New Jersey yelling no to Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> Touche. That's Aaron Ramsey's number one fan right there. <laughs> I, I think a point against Chelsea at this point, uh, like at this moment, I think that I'd be over the moon. I think that'd be an excellent result because it was always going to be tough. Chelsea, I mean, they, they are the European champions. They're frauds, but they are the European champions. And, you know, they, they just have, I mean, they have a better team, I think, all around. They are much better, you know, coached at this moment in time. I mean, they have been under under Tuchel for, I think, uh, almost a year now. So definitely their, their system is a lot more drilled in. They know what to do. They know, like, exactly where to be. And their one glaring weakness, which was like a, a traditional center forward, has now been filled by the best center forward of, of Serie A last year in, in Romelu Lukaku. So I, I, I do think this team is very, very good and, Anything outside of like an embarrassment, I'd take at this point. Like if they can keep it close, if it's like a two-one loss, I'd be okay with that. If they can manage a draw, I think that'd be fine. Even Allegri, which you know, that's a whole other tangent. But I don't know how much to even put into what the coach says in, in press conferences. But even he said, like our actual objective is against Senate, right? Because they know that Chelsea at this point in time is just kind of out of their league. So I I want to see just a lot of, you know, pride. I want to see some fight. I want to see this team find some urgency the way they found it against Betsia, for example, when they went down and we saw 15, 20 minutes when it was this bad out of hell team that, that just really, really put the pressure on them and found the two goals real quickly and looked a lot better than they have in, in a while. So I would like to see that. I would just like to see a performance in which they, they go out and they fight and they try to get the result. But it's going to be really hard without their, their best striker, their, their best creative player, uh, especially, and, and I agree with you, Danny, especially because Dybala was playing really, really well before the injury. Like, he was the one that was giving, like, if Federico Chiesa and Alvaro Marata have just slightly better finishing or Alvaro doesn't, you know, make great saves, like, he probably has a goal and two assists within the first 20 minutes that he played. Like, he was really, really good. I think he was finally finding the, his form, what he's suspected to do, in Max Allegri's system, and he gets hurt again. And luckily, I think there's an international break coming. With some luck, he only misses, he and Morata only miss two games. But who knows? I mean, we have to wait for the test to come back. It's a shame. It's a shame because he wasn't a particularly injury-prone guy. And now it's ever since that that the end of the Sarri season where he got hurt and then tried to play through it in the knockout rounds against Lyon, 
And after that, like, he's just never been the same physically. Like, he wasn't an injury-prone guy, but the last couple of years, like, he just hasn't been able to put a consistent stint of healthy play together. And it, it sucks because he's a really talented player. He was finally showing it. It was going to be a great chance to really go against an elite team like Chelsea and see if he can do it against that quality of team. And we're just not going to be able to see it. So yeah, and anything other than a, than a drubbing, I, I'd be fine with against Chelsea at this point in time. And not just an elite team in Europe, but an elite defense. Because you look at Chelsea ever since Tuchel took over, and they went from essentially kind of being like Juventus defensively, where under Lampard, where they're leaking in goals right and left, to where Tuchel just you know flipped a switch and made them into just this absolute machine defensively and if i remember correctly they've only allowed a couple goals through the first what six seven games in the premier league i think they're on six i can't remember exactly but you look at what they did to get to the champions league final and obviously win it last year it was on the back of their defense so not only does it suck that deball is hurt again and he's going to miss a big champions league match but he's going to miss a Champions League match against easily one of the best defenses in Europe, which, you know, as much as Max Allegri likes to say clean sheets are going out of style, well, Chelsea, <laughs> ever since ever since a certain Tommy boy has taken over, they've been they've been racking them up like Juventus used to under you know Conte and, and Allegri's first couple of years. Well, re- remarkably, they've actually only conceded two goals in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, so no, far. it's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite. It's and one of them how fast against... it's crazy how fast they went to being yeah, just completely yeah. average defensively to now one of the best in Europe by far. Yeah, yeah, and one of them was against City. Just uh, was it last? Uh, just very recently, was it yesterday? Yeah, yeah yesterday. Uh, so yeah, one of them was against uh, City uh, yesterday. Um, I mean. On that note, very quickly, uh, I remember reading something some time ago when Lampard was still in charge that said that their defense was actually, in terms of the shots they were conceding, they were actually good. Like they were very non-threatening shots they were conceding, like all expected goals, all that, all that stuff. It was actually not that bad. It was remarkably, it was just a goalkeeper. Actually, um, they were conceding very few shots, very non-threatening good shots. Old, but- good old Kepa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then the, the ones that they were conceding, they were all going through. And then, yeah, indeed, they got Eduard Ma- uh, Mondi, I think, Mendy, Mondi. And uh, yeah, well, that has been fixed. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. And also, uh, very quickly on what Sergio said about Allegri's comments on the game. I remember, yeah, reading that, that he said, really, the crucial games are against Zenit, St. Petersburg. I agree, because I think it's more of a case of logistics. Uh, because, you know, the Zenit games are the double header games. And I think those are always, to me, those are always kind of the deciding, yeah, I guess the deciding phase of the group, st- of the group stage. Because it's, you know, match day three and four, so it's right in the middle there. And it's twice against the same opponent, you know, back to back. So there's that kind of mental aspect, I think, as well. But yeah, I agree. I think those two games are really going to be the decider. Uh, frankly, of our fate in the group. Also in this case, because they're really going to be our direct competitors for the second second place in the group. So that's, I think, another reason that that's um, that 
doubleheader is so important. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's going to be the decider. And, uh, yeah, Chelsea game, I mean, you know, anything anything less than, like you said, anything better than, like, a outright embarrassment would be, um, well, would be um, satisfactory, really. And, I, yeah, I mean, I wonder what Allegri, in terms of tactics, will do on Wednesday. Will he still try to play that defensive game uh, against Chelsea, like just, you know, batten down hatches and just go for the nil-nil, one-one, or will he play more open? I think with Dybala and Morata, he might have considered playing a little more open, but without them, I don't know. Because, again, what options does he have from the bench at this point in terms of tactical changes? Uh, I mean, not really much, because you only have one center forward, so how much are you really going to change? Yeah, ha- having, having both of them out really limits him in terms of options off the bench, because you think, you're thinking now that both Keane and Kuluseski have to come into the starting lineup. So, yeah, that just, yeah. That just limits what he can do as as opposed to, you know, maybe he starts Kuluseski and hopes that, you know, Moiskin can catch fire off the bench in the second half or something like that. I think what he'll probably do is just, like I said, I think he'll start Kuluseski and Keane and then switch to a 4-3-3 later into the game. Uh, I think, yeah, I imagine that's what he would do. But, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm a... I'm uh, not a betting man, so let's see. You're just a guy on the internet, like a wise man on this podcast likes to say. Sure, sure. I, I like to follow wise men, so uh, <laughs> you know, I, I follow this one. All right, shall we go to some Twitter questions to wrap things this thing up, gentlemen? Yeah, let's uh, hit me with some wisdom. Hit you with some wisdom. All right. From our old friend Handy Vandy, long time no Twitter question. Is it time to panic? You just copy paste that from last week. Wait, no, no, that was someone else, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, no, no, not really. I guess uh, we actually have to convince consecutive victories, so I guess not. All the However, way up to ninth, Chucks. I know, right? That's uh, quite something, indeed. <laughs> oh, the little things in life. Oh, how we took the the nine years for granted. By the way, oh, how we took those for granted. I mean, in terms of consecutive victories, obviously, you know, more optimism. But yeah, the big thing is just we're basically have no offensive firepower anymore. So that's, uh, yeah, that's going to be a serious issue. I mean, personally, I'm expecting them to be, like you said, Sergio, I expect both of them to be out for yeah, at least three weeks. With a muscular injury like that, I, I mean, I've rarely seen less than three weeks. So uh, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, panic. Yeah, again, I mean, performance is against actually no let me slightly slightly change what i was saying because i remember last week that i said okay the performances against udinese and well okay empoli was terrible but uh napoli and milan were actually not that terrible uh, which i stand by you know they were not that terrible and malma was uh, also good performance at least for like 45 60 minutes you know they were good performances uh, but actually now against Spezia and Samp, I actually thought they were pretty poor performances in the sense that it was just, I mean, no control over the game whatsoever. And just, uh, yeah, letting leads slip and just, you know, making, yeah, just constantly allowing opponents back into the game and always giving them hope that there was something in it for them. That was, I think that was worse in these two games against Spezia and Samp compared to the first, you know, bunch of games. So in, in a strange way, it's like, 
we got those two consecutive victories, but I think we are kind of overall worse. So you can calmly panic to answer your question, to calmly panic. No, I, I think if you didn't panic last week, what, I mean, they finally won. I think they finally won. So no, no panicking yet. Like I said last week, it's been, look, it's been terrible. No one's enjoying this. No one's happy about how things are going, but it's September. Just don't panic in September, just for your own sake, just mentally don't panic in September because uh, a lot of, and this is something that our commenters enjoy doing a lot. is just saying like, I'm done watching this team. I'm out. I don't care. Like screw them. And then they'll keep watching because that's what sports is. I mean, it is. Yes. I'm not saying yes. that I don't do the same thing. I actually, earlier today, I I couldn't wake up at 5 a.m., but I did wake up at 7 a.m. to watch F1, which is something that I watch with my dad and my brother a lot. And our favorite driver, um, who is Mexican, he continuously disappoints us all the time. And we still watch it every, like, we wake up super early on Sundays and watch that. And it was like, I don't know who at this point is worse. Like he for always screwing up or us for like continuing to do this to ourselves and just kind of ruin our, our morning without any need. So this is kind of the same thing. Like you're going to continue watching this. Like you're still going to do it. So, so no, don't panic in September. If they still can't keep a clean sheet by December, then yeah, sure, panic. But at this point... I, I think you still have to preach some amount of patience. All right. Getting some insider F1 knowledge from Sergio there. Yeah. Speaking of F1, uh, actually uh, completely off topic, but I uh, rewatched a, a movie I really, really, really liked, which was uh, Rush with Chris Hemsworth and uh, Daniel Brühl, I think was his name. Great movie. Great, great movie about um, Nikki Lauda and James Hunt. Really, really, really fun movie. So highly recommend it. Well, now that we got the movie recommendation from Hell yeah. out of the way. <laughs> Nikki Lauda. I love that name. Next, next Twitter question here from at Bruin 77 I know it's a f- just a few ugly wins, but do you guys think aiming for a Scudetto battle is even possible? All of a sudden, fourth and third look possible, but obviously they have to keep grinding out results. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I... I predicted, well, I guess my preseason prediction was that we'll not win the title. I haven't really been convinced otherwise yet. But I think just, I think the main thing for me, so far anyway, has been Inter. Because I really expected them to regress. Yet they've, I mean, I saw most of the game that they played against Real Madrid. And I couldn't bloody believe it. They dominated Real Madrid. I, and I mean, granted, they lost, but which I hate to say, but it was an undeserved loss, really. I couldn't believe it. I was like, they lost all these players and they're dominating a Real Madrid who have been, I mean, really quite good this season so far. So, uh, yeah, that that has surprised me very much. Just in addition to, you know, other clubs just getting better. Uh, Milan's still, you know, very strong. Napoli, can't believe Spalletti still is a decent coach. But, you know, them still being good. I think just the rest of the team has, or sorry, rest of the league has progressed so much while we just continue in this phase of limbo that Scudetto would, would require like, a, I mean, a Herculean effort. But that said, I think we will probably, 
I think for the rest of the season, it's just going to become the MO that we're going to win just ridiculous games in ridiculous fashion, like like against Spezia and Sampdoria. Just complete. I mean, 3-2, that was just both cases were just completely unnecessary to go through such a roller coaster. But I think that's going to be the norm uh, for the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, put on your seatbelts and, uh, yeah, enjoy the ride. I still think it's too early, similar to what we said. I, it's it's very very hard for me to call the season when there's still the vast majority of the season left to play. I, I agree with Chucks in the sense that Inter has looked great. I, I think uh, Roma on their you know Jose Mourinho, it's always good. Like it's always awesome the first season, and then it falls apart. But that one good season, like the first season under Mourinho, it's always really fun, and they always play like really well. So I, I've been honestly impressed with how they looked. I've been really impressed with how Napoli has looked. I mean, I think they, they've been one of the most impressive teams out there. Like they're blitzing people. Like it, it's a really, really good squad. So it's it's hard for me to, to say that Juventus is playing better than those teams right now. They are not. But it's also very hard for me to say that they will not at some point be on the level of those teams. Whether or not that happens, who knows? But still, I, I don't want to punt on being like, well, let's hope to make Europe and that's it. I, I still think this team is capable of, you know, getting to a level in which they can very much compete with those other teams. Whether or not they do it, we'll see. But I'm still not not quite throwing the table, the the, the towel quite yet. The thing that Juventus has going against it, besides its general inconsistency this season they've already had one head-to-head with Napoli which obviously they lost they've already had one head-to-head with AC Milan which they've obviously tied so those head-to-head battles with the teams that are sitting first and second right now through six games they've already had one of those so you know the easiest way to make up points with the big clubs is obviously playing them head-to-head but a couple of those chances are already gone. And as we've seen, Juventus's adventure against adventurers, I should say, against the smaller clubs the last couple of years have been much more uh, interesting, I guess we should say, than in previous years where they just stacked three points on three points on three points against you know the, the provincial sides. Yeah, true. And, you know, also last season, as we argued, I mean, we really lost, I mean, capitulated in that season because of the, you know, Fosinones, Bologna, Genoa's, et cetera. Um, that, those were the teams that we, you know, really, uh, yeah. Or sorry, Beneventus, I said Fosinone. Uh, Benevento, I meant, you know, those were teams that we were just really, yeah, messed it up against. And yeah, I mean, I just go back to just this whole structural thing within the team that, that has to be going on because there have been three coaches now and it's still, you know, still last three years have just been poor defensively. So there's, yeah, just clearly just this issue with the group of players, not individually, but just, you know, the group of players that has just not been good enough. And, and again, you know, if it weren't for COVID, we probably would have done a little more player turnover this or last summer. Uh, yeah. Just this summer that that's passed. We probably would have had a lot more player turnover, a lot more of like, okay, let's refresh Let's reboot um, the team. But yeah, obviously because of the financial struggles. Um, I mean, it was like a week or two ago that the 
financial results came out and another, you know, avalanche of loss <laughs> there. So that that probably also has slowed the the transition of like, okay, a group of players that isn't really working well together to hopefully a unit that works well together. Because yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 Allegri team that had those that 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 amazing defensive record, sure there were good players, but I mean, I don't know, there weren't like I mean there weren't like Ballon d'Or winning players, all of them. I mean, they were just individually, they were all just good. But I mean, as a unit, they were amazing. And I mean, now I think, you know, we have great individuals as well, but just as a unit, it's just defensively anyway. Yeah. Just not working out. Yeah. When you post 210 million euro loss for one fiscal year, that kind of limits what you're able to do on the transfer market. Doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. True. True. And uh, I mean, I guess a minor, minor, minor side note I'll make, I mean, this is kind of nitpicky, but you know, okay. That was a, that was a income statement, like a financial loss, but I wonder what the cash flow, the change in cash flow was, which I'm sure the report is out there, but I mean, I have a life, so I can't read all those <laughs> reports. Um, but yeah, I, I do, I guess I do wonder, uh, yeah, how much cash in cash flow we lost rather than just, you know, income statement wise, like non, like, cause yeah, income statement, you know, that it states your non-cash expenditures to like depreciation and stuff like that or amortization, I should say. So I wonder, you know, how much in cash flow we lost, but, um, but yeah, I mean, this has been two years in a row now that it's been like, I don't know, 200 some mil um, loss. So yeah, that's uh, probably lost a lot of cash flow too. All right. Next question here. And I know we talked about it a little bit a few minutes ago, but from at Diego R Naranjo, and I hope I got that right. Do we play Chelsea with a four through three of, of Quadrado, Keane, and Chiesa up front? Quadrado, Keane, and Chiesa. Uh, yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be too bad in the sense that Chiesa is your real, real, real offensive threat. And then Quadrado is funny because compared to his early stage in his career when he was, you know, hyper attacking, um, now has obviously become more defensively oriented uh player so if we put him in the right and right forward right wing forward position he would be again I always put that comparison of Dirk out uh back at liverpool he would be kind of a defensive forward if that i mean kind of knocks you more on but um he would be more of a defensive forward so balance wise i guess it would be all right on one wing you have very attacking on the other wing you have a little more defensive it could work but um yeah who knows uh I, I I still think he's going to go with the straight four four two with Kulusevski and Keane up front. I think that just seems very Allegri to me. Yeah, I, I I agree in the sense that I do think that he's going to try Kulusevski up front, but I would I would love to see that just Keane being kind of like the traditional center forward number nine, and just go all out with wingers in sort of a three five two-ish but without the two-ish just one type of guy I don't know it's going to be weird especially because he doesn't have that flexibility and that's why we're probably going to see Kulusevski on from the start but I think if you have any sort of prayer in this game it has to involve Cuadrado and Chiesa you know kind of taking the the offensive weight uh, for the entire team I, I really do think that's the only way they they pull this off uh, otherwise, it's it's hard. It's hard when your two most informed attackers are hurt. So that's going to be really, really tough. But hey, 
in a weird way, I, I, I found that Juve ends up playing a lot better when no one expects anything from them in Europe. So perhaps this is one of those, those, opportun- those, those games, those chances. Bring back some memories of that game against uh, Manchester City a few years ago. Uh, when they were completely unfavored going into Manchester and they end up winning 2-1 goals of Mensukic and Morata, probably one of my favorite just group stage uh, games that Juventus has ever played that I remember watching, obviously. So hopefully we get another something like that when they are definitely not going to be favored, but perhaps that bit of an underdogish spot, you know, suits them better. So who knows? But I would definitely be very, very intrigued to just see all of the wingers at the same time because that's really going to be that's really going to be the only way they can attack. Yeah, can I, I add something quickly? Um, yeah, go ahead. Actually, to my answer, um, I think you know, based on what I said this episode and last episode of you know, I think we should just go gung ho attack, embrace embrace the attack and and kind of ditch the defense because we're just not capable of doing it. Um, I think to to stick with what I said. I think the formation or the lineup for, for the game that would align with what I just said would be like uh, Moiskin up top, flanked by Chiesa, and I think actually Kulusevsky, I would say. And then in midfield, like, you know, um, probably Locatelli, um, I'd say uh, Bentancur and either McKenny or Rabio, uh, and then Quadrado in uh, right back and just, uh, yeah, Chiellini de Ligt or Chiellini Bonucci. And uh, Alexandro, I think that would be the most positive front, yeah, the most front forward lineup that we could play. But again, I think that's that's way too uh, cavalier for someone like Allegri. So I don't think he would do that. I think, like I said, I think he'll just go straight four four two. Well, Sergio, you mentioned the a potential back three, and we'll wrap things up on this one. And I'll throw it right back to you. From at lap is goat. The defensive scheme is broken. How do we fix this? Do we go three at the back? I literally actually mentioned it. I think in his press conference that he would play three in the back. I, I know that they played kind of three in the back in the later stages of the game against Sampdoria. It, it's something that I think we've all kind of thrown out as an option, just because I think it does work very well with this team. Just go with a three, five, two. Uh, it's it's tough because again at this point it in paper it sounds really good to have both like the Ligt, Chiellini, Bonucci all of the same field, but how does that like that? I don't think at this point is a guarantee that that just immediately makes you more defensively solid. I, I don't think that is the answer. Just to throw more center backs in there. That you know, of course, talking about it as a one shot one game situation because moving forward, I think that becomes just unsustainable just because of the depth you have. You have four natural center backs on the team. If you decide to go 3-5-2 full-time, especially with a dude whose you know, fitness is very much in question in, in Chiellini, that just means more Daniele Rugani time, you know, and that cannot possibly be a good outcome of any sort of plan. So it, it's, I would definitely be interested in seeing it, especially in this game, but who knows? I, I think it's interesting. I think it's worth trying out just because of the personnel you have available for this specific game. Moving forward, I don't think it's something that they're going to be able to maintain. But I definitely see that as a possibility for this game against Chelsea just because of the guys they have available. 
that also requires Kulusevsky to play as a second striker, which has been pretty hit or miss. But if they actually had a fully fit squad, I would I would love to see that. Just just to see them, you know, try something different because they do have a lot of players that could potentially fit a formation like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it again to go back to what I said about just like the structural issue. I think I don't think the solution is a switch in formation at this point. I mean, it might help on like 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 you said, Sergio, on like a one or two game basis might help, but. Uh, no, I think in the long run, it's not formation. It's just some kind of, uh, it's just, yeah, the group of players, the, the the cohesion between the group of players, it's not quite there. But yeah, I mean, if you play three in the back, I think I think you could do it because, you know, you mentioned that we have four center backs, uh, true, but I think Danilo could play as a right center back in the in a back three. So that would give you, you know, five, I guess, five people that could play in the back three. So that would, I think numbers wise, it would, Probably, yeah, I think it will work. So yeah, as, as a one-off against Chelsea, I mean, I wouldn't be against it. But yeah, long term, I don't, I don't know again if it fixes our problems. But I don't know. I may, I might be wrong. Maybe, maybe that fixes the systemic issue. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> exactly. Enter the on, illusions. <laughs> exactly. And on that note, we will wrap things up for this week thank you guys for your twitter questions we got uh as you guys saw we got some pretty good ones so uh thank you for coming through on short notice you loyal twitter followers so as always you can send us twitter questions at juventus nation you can also follow us on there as well as on facebook at black and white and red all over is the search term that same black and white and red all over search term for your favorite podcasting platform is where you can find us whether it's apple podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, feel free to rate us and leave us a review. So for Chucks and for Sergio and for Dad Sam Lepresti, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week. 